This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. All right, we are back. Hour number three is upon us. Larry Barron's joining us now. He is the uh, communications director at Power of the Future. Larry, let's talk for a moment about the Inflation Increase Act. Oh, no, wait. I mean, decrease <laughs> or, uh, you know what? I'm not sure what it really is, Larry. I just know it's not going to help with inflation. That's right. It's, it's kind of like the Democratic Republic of Korea, right? You can name something anything. It doesn't really matter what reality says. Correct. Anymore, right? And no matter how much they think this is going to, quote-unquote, uh, help our energy situation, again, Larry, I hate to say, but this is going to be the biggest boondoggle and backfire we've ever seen. This is Solyndra 2.0. It, it, it absolutely is. And, and when you say boondoggle, uh, you're, you're partially right. For an uh, honest taxpayer, it's a huge boondoggle. But, you know, if you're in the business of green grifting and you're yeah. looking to make money off the backs of taxpayers, it's the great, I mean, it's Christmas early True. this year. Make make no mistake, there are those who are going to get paid a ton of money, and I'm sure it'll just be convenient that there'll be Biden campaign supporters uh, because of this bill. But it's not going to be you or me, that's for sure. No, no, we are not going to benefit. In fact, if they go down this this road, if things don't change drastically in this midterm elections and we put a, a major, you know, brakes, I mean, literally put the brakes onto this thing in a major way, this and other things that are going on. We're, we, I hate to say this, Larry, but we're in a world of hurt as a country if we don't get some of this stuff stopped. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's look at some of the things that are in this bill that it's going to impact um, your listeners and, and everybody first. They are raising the price to uh, produce oil in the United States. They're raising it per barrel. They're raising the price on royalties to do it on public mm-hmm. land. They're raising the prices to uh, make natural gas as we head into winter, as Europe is struggling to figure out how much natural gas they're going to need to just get through the cold winter. Then we are going to go ahead and raise the price on it here in the United States because a recession is always a great time to raise taxes. And then there's, you know, $369 billion with a B uh, dollars. And just to put that into perspective, that is, you know, Solyndra lost $535 million. That's over 600 Solyndras wow. worth of green money going to Joe Biden and his friends and the green movement. And they're all cheering, right? I'm sure uh, Colorado senators are cheering it. I know New Mexico senators are cheering it. Every Democrat senator is cheering this, and you have to know why. It's because all of their campaign donors are about to get rich, which means they're about to get more money to their campaign yeah. coffers. So, yeah. of course, they're going to pass this highly partisan bill. Yeah, no, you, you are 100% correct. There's so much... Not just fat, Larry. That's probably not even the right way to say it. I mean, it's not just pork belly and fat. It's just downright wasteful spending on things that are, frankly, not going to take us. You know, you, you, you know you're, again, communications director at Power of the Future. It is not, by any way, shape, or form, going to power our future. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, in fact, Larry, I'll go as far as say it's going to do just the opposite. It'll depower the future. Yeah, absolutely. It is a, it's an absolute green grift. It's going to take the things that we rely on, oil, natural gas, coal, and it's going to make them more scarce. And it's going to do so not because of a natural market occurrence or because, you know, they're running out of it underground, which is what the environmentalists will say. It's going to do it because it's a man-made right. disaster right. trying to make inter- reliable and affordable energy scarce. And you're exactly right. It's going to raise prices on Americans who can least afford it right yep. now, and they are going to just, you know, for uh, I, I know my entire life, the other party has said, we care about the poor, we're there for the poor. This is the most anti-poor bill right. that they can pass. And let's be clear, they're passing it here in 
uh, August before November election because they know this payout to their green friends isn't going to fly in just a few months. No, you're exactly right. I, I said that all along. They had to get this passed now because it's not going to fly once we get past November. You know, you get that second Tuesday in November. This is it's not going to fly, or first Tuesday in November, I should say. It's not going to fly after that. Uh, we all know that, and you're, you're you're spot on there. So yeah, they had to get this thing done now because it's not going. I believe there'll be a good turnover in November. It's not going to happen after the fact. A question for you. When it comes to that particular turnover, there's really, unless we can somehow, you know, gain enough majority to overturn vetoes, there's really nothing that we're going to do to reverse what's going on. That won't happen until we have a new president, hopefully in 2024. Until then, I mean, are they going to just continue to spend money like they have been on some of these, what I consider dismal projects? And then I'm going to talk about the car companies, you know, after that. But, but the reality is we can slow things down budgetarily speaking, but we cannot stop this. Yeah, and that's a tough part. So let me try to inject just a little sunshine into my doom and gloom, because that's usually what I do. It's some doom and gloom. Assuming there is a Congress that is elected in a few months that will stand up to Joe Biden in this radical green agenda. You're absolutely right. You know, the the ink is dry on the bill. It's going to move forward. However, they can at any time defund it, right? They can decide, you know what, we're just not going to send this money, assuming that the Biden administration doesn't spend it all in just the next few months, which is entirely possible. They can also be calling these secretaries before them on a monthly, weekly basis if it gets so much and ask them, how are you spending this money? Where are these dollars going? And I'll tell you why that's important. Because the last time Joe Biden had control of this many billions for the green agenda, it wasn't just Solyndra. It was questionable loans that went to Obama yep. donors. It was money that it was the General Accounting Office said, we can't figure out why you approve some applicants and not others. We can't figure out how many jobs it created because you won't tell us. And so that's what happened last time Joe Biden had $90 billion. It's like telling my teenagers, what did you do with the last $90 yep. billion I gave you? Well, right. we know. We know what Joe Biden did with it. And so they can't calling these secretaries before and holding them accountable for the dollars that they are spending, shedding light on where it's going, because I can tell you, financial responsibility is not something that hasn't happened in Washington, so we're going to learn real quick that it needs to be happening, especially with this much money going out the door. Last hour, I talked about how Toyota was sort of the darling of the green movement, quote-unquote green, I hate calling it the green movement, but they were the darling of the environmentalist, Larry. They had, you know, came up with the Prius and did a lot of hybrid you know, work, and, and really, and to Toyota's credit, did a lot of work on the technology sides of things there. They, though, have fallen out of grace because their CEO has come out of, of late, you know, the last couple of years and said, basically, like Elon Musk, which he's also fallen out of grace, that the power grid and what you guys have as electricity right now, not only in the U.S., but around the world, isn't enough for everything to go to complete EV. So as a company, Toyota's going to stick to their hybrid technology. They'll have a few plug-in hybrids and some things along those lines, but they're not pushing heavily and not making any announcements that they're going to be all, you know, all EV by 2030 like GM or 2040 like Ford. The reality is the other car companies have bought into that. Toyota has not. Toyota's fallen out of grace. Frankly, though, at the end of the day, Larry, I think they're going to be the ones standing, and I'm not sure Ford and GM will survive this. You're, you're absolutely right. Because your history lesson is an important one, let's just talk real quick about how the green movement works. They require indulgences, not just once, but yearly, and they want to extract more and more and more from you. And now they've turned to the taxpayer, and it will be the same. And to go back a little bit to the last subject, make no mistake, there will be crocodile about tears and protests and little Greta's all over the country whining if a, you know, a Republican Congress takes away their money right. after this bill passes. But to get to your point exactly, you know, Toyota, have done the math. This isn't going to work for now in the future. And you know what? I'm going to go out a limb, and I know you know this as well as the EV owner, Chevy, GMC, Ford. They've done that math, too. So you have to ask yourself, why are they going down this road? And you have to say, you know what, maybe they're just doing it so the green movement doesn't come after them like they do Toyota. Yeah. I mean, you have Could to be. see, and I'm sure you, you saw the stories, too. I mean, this bill has continues a $7,500 credit for anyone who buys a new EV, and then magically Ford raises the cost of their EVs 8500 bucks. Yeah, and, and the problem is even even that even that credit I was reading today, Larry, that credit that they're talking about is for certain batteries that have X amount of manufacturing here in the U.S., which, by the way, none do right now. So how are they getting around that one? Yeah, and that's just it. And that goes back to Elon Musk, right? Here you have, you know, I, I, I'm no huge fan of Me neither. The guy who has brought more electric vehicles to market than anybody probably in the history of the world, and they hate him, right? Right, Because 
he highlights our failure. He tells them, you know what, there's oil and, and natural gas. We need to keep it around at least for a little while. And they just they start to cancel him left and right. It goes back to the indulgences of the green movement. But to your point, it is exactly right. We do not have the grid to support this. That's why when California is near-facing blackouts, they ask people, please don't plug in your electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like telling you, please don't go to work tomorrow, right? If that's your only vehicle, and, you know, if you want to get, this is Larry, put his tinfoil hat on around. Let's just say that if there's a software update for your electric vehicle and you haven't said the right things on Twitter, maybe you're, you know, you don't need to go to work that day. You know, there's a lot of scary elements that can happen with this. And I know that's far out and I know probably a bunch of leftist heads just exploded, but we've seen, you know, they'll take you off their platforms at any point. Oh, they will. Oh, yes. And you know what? And, and And if some woke green electric vehicle company doesn't like uh, where you donate money to that maybe they just decide they don't want their car working for you anymore. Yep. No, you're exactly right. And I think what you said earlier about Ford GM is is spot on. I, I would I would tell you that, yeah, I think they, they, you know, two things. A, they fear it. But I also believe, Larry, that a lot of those folks at the top, Mary Barr herself, you know, she has she has been sort of, if you would, raised and groomed by the corporation to sort of head this direction, and it's the direction that GM is headed, and I don't see any any um, any pushback from, from shareholders or anybody else along these lines. I, I would not own shares of GM right now because I think they're they're I think they're destined to uh, to fail if they're not careful. Now they may they may go ahead and succeed and it may become a, a a alternative to a Tesla and they may do okay, but I tell you what, my feeling on it is they're fast-tracking it far too quickly, and I, I just see that as a recipe for disaster. They've made big mistakes, big missteps in the past. It broke them once, and you know what, Larry? It could very easily break them again. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, but let's talk about what happens, right? So they go running back to Congress and taxpayers that said, listen, we did what you told us. We tried to make a greener planet, and now we failed, so naturally we need what? The B word comes mm-hmm. out. They're going to need a big bailout. And you know what? Well, I have a Colorado audience. If you haven't already, go ahead and YouTube online. Search Ford F-150 to the Colorado Mountains. See how long that truck lasted. A pickup truck trying to tow a trailer. See how long it lasted in the Colorado Mountains yep. before they had to stop and recharge. Yep. It didn't get to where you need to go, no. particularly if you live in rural Colorado. No, it does not. I've and watched so, those same things, Larry. Yeah. It, it does not. Yep. Uh, it doesn't work. And, uh, you know, now, you know, to their credit, will they hopefully improve some of that technology? And, so, and, you, and again, you, you and I, we've talked about this many, many times. I'll be the first to say it. Is it an alternative to an ICE engine? Absolutely. Is it a replacement for an ICE engine? Absolutely not. And I don't see it being a replacement anytime soon soon. Not against those individuals that buy it, but if you're buying it to save the planet, stop. You're not. Well, yeah, and that's before we even talk about, you know, the African children that's who have right. to mine the cobalt that's for right. your car or the Uber slaves that are putting together your solar panels. But your point is exactly right. It, listen, I'm not going to begrudge anybody. I know you own one. If you want to buy an electric vehicle, buy an electric vehicle. It's when the government that is an elected representative of the people says you have to choose that's this right. and not choose yep. that is Correct. I get really worked up. Me too. I get to choose the things that work best for me and my family, and everyone else should be able to do the same. And Washington is slowly, uh, not slowly, quickly with this bill moving in a direction where you don't get that choice. Yeah, they're going to try to shove it down our throats. So, Larry, it's always a joy having you. How do folks find you, sir? Uh, they can send all their hate email to Larry at PowerTheFuture.com. Just know when you send me an email, it's probably powered by coal. And they can also find me on Twitter at Larry Barron. It's always great to talk with you, man. Thank Larry, you. appreciate it very much. Have a great evening. And he is always, as usual. Spot on. Absolute electrical heating and air. Folks, again, you just heard Larry talk about it. You're going to see natural gas prices and other energy costs continue to increase. They're, they're not coming down. You need to figure out the best way to save energy in your home, and Absolute has many ways to do that, one of them being their quiet, cool system. Have them out. Have them do an energy audit. Figure out what they can do for you to help you save money down the road. 720-526-0231. It pays off to be cool when you make an investment with a quiet, cool fan system. You keep the heat away and get your money back in energy savings. You get a return on your energy efficiency when you get a quiet cool system installed by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air that pays for itself with how much money you can save. Quiet cool systems save you between 50 and 90% on your air conditioning costs. The motor inside works efficiently to pull hot, stuffy air out of the house and replace it with clean, fresh air. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, whole house fans, including your new quiet cool, are the most energy efficient way to cool your home. 
With the energy savings from your quiet, cool installation done by the experts at Absolute, you'll be paying yourself back for years to come. Invest in energy efficiency now. Call today at 720-526-0231. Mention KLZ and you'll get a $300 rebate when your install is completed. Again, that's 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Flesh and Beck, Kevin Flesh would love to help you with any legal need that you have. Uh, put that number in a speed dial on your phone. I said that yesterday, 303-806-8886, and it's spelled F-L-E-S-C-H, fleshlawfirm.com. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now. 303-806-8886. Okay, in our home transitions, again, Kurt Rogers is going to join me tomorrow at 5. We're going to talk about the real estate market here in Colorado. But I'll tell you right now, just from looking around on my own, there are some deals out there, and there's some deals to be had. Give the ladies, Catherine and Robin, a call today and find out how they could do that for you. Sell your home, buy a different home, maybe you're a first-time buyer, whatever. They'll help you either way. KNRHomeTransitions.com or 720-437-8210. Renting is not an investment. Catherine and Robin, co-founders of K&R Home Transitions, want you to focus on building your wealth through a home purchase. By continuing to rent from others, you're robbing yourself of an investment that gives you potential to grow your wealth. Equity is capital in your home, and you can build that equity up over time. You want to increase your financial worth, so why not also do that with your home too? With help from K&R Home Transitions, you can learn how to climb the property ladder to turn a profit. Once you're invested, you can use your equity to keep moving upward with help from Catherine and Robin at K&R Home Transitions. Get ideas that build the financial momentum of your home investment with experts like Catherine and Robin. So kick off your journey and start building your wealth wisely with K&R Home Transitions. Visit klzradio.com home to invest in your home. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we're going to have Scott Garlish joining here in just a few minutes. One observation, though, that uh, Charlie even gave me, and we both, he and I have been looking at this here the last few weeks, and there's an article out even right now about the folks, the, again, the well-to-do that are now shopping at places like Walmart. Charlie noticed even yesterday that a lot more fancy cars in the parking lot at a Walmart than what used to be there. And even the results, or the earnings results, I should say, from uh, Walmart and Target are showing that Walmart is ahead. And by the way, Target's, you know, it's not like you're shopping at Nordstrom's. Tar- Target is not by any means a, a, you know, a premium luxury brand store. It is a higher discount store than what Walmart is. But their earnings are not as good as Walmart's. And you got to believe that's because people's habits and what they're shopping for and what they're doing is changing. Scott Garlis again and I will talk about that here in just a few minutes. But bottom line is, yes, it absolutely is changing as we speak. And a lot of you that you know even, even filled out the survey that we had on our website at RushToReason.com here just a couple of weeks ago, a lot of you said the exact same thing. You've changed some of the things that you were normally doing prior. You are not doing now. You've changed that. And you know what? That's the way things work when you get into the rougher times like we are now. Mark, you're up next, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that uh, you're wrong about uh, Toyota, Ford, and GM. I think you got it backwards. Okay. Okay. Toyota has said their CEO... 
and, and BEVs, they've put tons or billions of dollars into hydrogen fuel cells, which is not working out for them. Where Ford and GM are really forward-looking on BEVs and battery electric vehicles, and I think that they're positioned to do really well. Um, the Ultium platform for GM is going to be amazing. This last year for us Bolt owners has been rough with the uh, the whole battery thing, mm-hmm. but um, I think that uh, when we start to see these new EVs coming out, it's going to be pretty amazing. You have more faith than I have, Mark, because they still have to sell them. And, yeah, there's some folks around like you and I that will buy them that actually enjoy driving them and so on, but that is, by and large, not the majority of people out there. The infiltration of of electric vehicles right now still hasn't reached 5% of all vehicle sales out there. I don't know how GM thinks they're going to be at 100% in the next, what, six years? I think they're looking at uh, 10 years. No, they said 2030. That's GM's goal is 2030. So how am I wrong if GM's goal is to be all EV by 2030? How's that going to fly for them? Yeah, business. Say, say that again, Mark. Yeah, I lost you for a second. Oh, you said you thought GM was going to be out of business in Ford. What and, I said was uh, I if they're not careful and if they go down this path too quickly, it could very easily cost them their companies. Yes, I did say that, and I mean that. I'll stand by that because, in my opinion, yeah. General Motors especially, they are moving far too fast down this EV train. They're losing market share in other areas because they're not paying enough attention to it, and they're banking on everybody out there buying EVs. And I'll tell you right now, Mark, not everybody's going to buy an EV. Oh, that is for sure. That is for sure. I get so much hate on uh, uh, social media from having you know owned three EVs. That is, Which, by the way, Mark, that, that in and of itself is also wrong. Nobody should be hating on anybody for buying an yep. EV. I mean, I get those same looks when I'm driving mine, by the way. they Little do they know, I'm probably more right, you know, quote-unquote, conservatively speaking, than they are, but yet they look down on me, yet I'm owning one. I own one because, A, I like the technology. I want to learn about the technology. I want to be able to come on air and talk about that technology. You know, am I an environmentalist? Not by any way, shape, or form. Do I believe we should leave the earth in better shape than we found it? Absolutely. But is EVs the answer to that? No. Is it an alternative to what we have with an ICE engine? Absolutely. Is it a replacement for, though, Mark? Absolutely not. No, it is not. not well, not for every use case. You know, if you're if you're towing in your truck, no. You, an EV is not an alternative today. No. Uh, Mark, you know, an EV, until they can get charge stations or get charging down to a five to seven minute interval which they have not yet I've, I've you know i've watched these folks that are out there doing dc charge stations by the way are few and far between even the folks that have access to them and use them you're still in most cases a 15 minute charge most people are not going to wait 15 minutes even on a road trip to fill up but i will tell you what i always tell people um it takes me 10 seconds to charge because I get home, I plug it in, and I me go Me too. Inside. I'm the same as you. The That's problem right. is if I'm on my yeah. way to Kansas, it's not that way. Yeah. See, and I'm, I'm sitting in my Hyundai Ioniq 5 right now, which is a whole different world than your bowl because this thing will charge at 240 kilowatts, does 10 to 80% in the right conditions in 18 minutes. Right? And, and that's only still too long. To I mean, I, I still go back it to is. the American, the average American and what they desire and, and the improper planning, by the way, on their part. They're not going to wait 18 minutes to charge when they're out that's, on the road. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a different thing. I'm taking a road trip next week. So, uh, you know, we've we've planned it out. I know where I'm stopping. I know. for You, re, you know what? And report back, right. because the other thing that I'm curious to know is, like I've experienced and so have you, when it says one, you know, when, when it tells you that there's a particular charge station there and it's working and it's empty and then it's not, report back. I want to see how that trip goes. Re- really, I mean, you know, for, for yep. the research end of it, I, I'm not against you doing it. In fact, go for it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm half tempted to do something like that in my bolt and just see how that works because it's a good report back to the rest of the world on how it works. My 
point is, Mark, that we have a fleet that is 12.6 years of age across the country. Colorado's a little older, around 13 years. I believe that's going to increase to 14, if not 15 years in the not-too-distant future, just because of the lack of new cars we've had available anyways. But you, you take yep. the average person that, frankly, cannot, like you and I, because I have other vehicles I can hop in and go on a road trip. I've got other vehicles I can tow with. Most EV owners are that way. The average person that has one or a two-car family is not going to be able to buy an EV and replace what they own. Yeah, and I think the bigger problem is people that can't charge at home like you and I. If you're living in an apartment or a Correct. condo, Correct. You can't charge at home. EVs are not very practical. They right are now. not. You are correct. No, you're. And, you're you, I mean, again, you. You were just like I. You know, you found all of the ins and outs, the good, the bad, and I love driving mine. I mean, it's the first vehicle we typically hop in because it's the most fun vehicle I own out of all the cars I have. It's one of the most fun vehicles that I have to drive. My point, though, is that on the manufacturing side for you know General Motors to literally, and they are literally, Mary Barra is putting all of their, outside of the heavy-duty market, she is putting all of her eggs in one basket. I hope it pays off for them. I hope so, too. I'm not sure it will. So and too. by the way, they've made huge missteps in the past. We'll see if this one yeah. is. Yep. And absolutely. by the way, Mark, I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to see, you know, we only have two American car companies left. Everybody forgets that Chrysler and, you know, Fiat, that's gone. That's Stellantis. That's a yeah. world company. It's it's no longer in the U.S. So we have Ford and GM. As far as national security goes, we have two companies left. And I hope we don't lose either one of them. Tesla is an American company. Too. Yeah, but they don't, they can't do anything to help us build anything militarily speaking, unfortunately. Sure. So, you know, national security-wise, we have two companies. That's it. Yeah. And, and one other thing, I know you've got to go here real quick, but um, it takes about five kilowatt hours of electricity to refine one gallon of gasoline. You can drive 18 miles, 19 miles in your bolt on that five kilowatt hours. Just that one step of the supply chain. And so the grid doesn't have to grow as much as people think it does because you're not buying that gallon of gas. What we have to think about is the distribution of when and where that electricity is distributed. Agreed. And yes, the grid needs to grow. Yeah, the grid but, needs to grow even without EVs because it's not hardly able right. to even handle what we've got as far as what we're using electronics at home and things along those lines. And you know, and Joe called in last week, you know, from Jersey, and I agree with him. Even if we got 10% of the population to buy EVs, it would benefit all of us in many ways, much to what you just said a moment ago, because the reduction in gasoline usage would go down, the prices would go down. It's it is a win-win for everyone. The problem is most people don't think about it that way. No. Now, well, and, and, and on way, top I, of that, though, Mark, you, you know me, I also will tell you, I want the free market to do this. I don't want the government shoving it down our throats. Absolutely. I'm willing to take the tax break if they're going to offer it, because why not? And I'm far right as, as you are. Uh, but I'm also, um, Mark, the one, but, if they don't offer but, it, I'll still buy it. I, I don't need the tax break to buy right. it. That's right. And I don't think there should be a tax break I at this agree. point. Tesla has proven that you could make EVs and make a big profit. That's right. So there's, there's no reason at this point for a tax break. Which, by the way, the other companies need to start doing the same thing, because the reality is my Bolt, your Hyundai are both losses for those two companies. They are not making any money on either one of those vehicles. Zero. They're losing money on yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. Although Ford says that they're about break even on the F one fifty. I think Ford is lying, Mark. Price, I think Ford well, is lying. Be. They could be. I, I believe they are. Until they can get their production up and mass produce more of them, uh, I think again I and by the way, the manufacturers lie all the time. We know I mean I've been in that industry my entire life. Those guys will lie through their teeth to make the press say anything. Believe me, I've seen that many, many times. Yeah. Look absolutely. look back to Ford and the Pinto. Don't tell me they always tell the truth. They don't. No, they don't. Does does any um, big business? Nope. None of them do. Nope. You are spot on, Mark. A, a good conversation. Let, no, I'm serious. Let me know. Even if you send me an email, let me know how your trip goes. I really want to know. Yeah, I'll, I'll call back in, man. I appreciate that. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it very much. And uh, all right, we'll have Scott on in just one minute. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. All your plumbing needs one-stop shopping, folks. Hi-Fi Plumbing. It's 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. Your main drain, a.k.a. your sewer, is crucial to your well-being and the state of your home. And when your main drain line is out of commission, the timely and quality completion of the work becomes your top concern. That's why you can't just trust anyone with a project so important. High Five Plumbing. 
makes effort to prove that you can trust them. Their service techs go through three different trainings in a week, one general, one technical, and one service-based. They ensure their techs for your peace of mind. When you need to replace your sewer line, making the decision of what company to go with is high stakes. High Five Plumbing puts their principles in action, showing you reasons to trust them instead of telling. Don't wait until your drains are backed up, you smell sewage, or your home is damaged by leaking pipes. Call High Five Plumbing, 877-934-4445 or 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, folks, speaking of cars, yes, whether it's EVs, ICE engines, diesel, you name it. Um, diesel is an ICE engine, but you get where I'm going with that. They can take care of it all, folks, at Extreme, from the littlest to the largest of vehicles, and they sell Cooper tires at cost as well. KLZradio.com or their direct line, 303-841-1071. Go with your gut. You know when an estimate from a mechanic doesn't feel right. Maybe they're telling you to fix a bunch of stuff you didn't even know was broken. Maybe their prices seem surprisingly high. The team at Extreme Auto Repair in Parker will give you a second opinion for free, so you know what's reasonable and what's not. They can typically beat the prices of their competitors, but they won't hold it against you if you decide to go back to the first guy. Either way, you have the peace of mind. The team at Extreme Auto Repair wants to keep you safe and help your vehicle last longer, but they never want to pressure you into repairs that you don't really need. So with every estimate, the team at Extreme Auto Repair will give you a priority list, showing you all of your recommended maintenance items in order, from most to least important. That way, you decide what you want to take care of now and what can wait until later. Free second opinions at klzradio.com slash extreme. Promises kept. Now, back to Rush to Reason. Brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Tad behind. Scott, how are you, sir? Scott Garlis, Stansbury Research. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Um, I say I, I'm I'm sorry to not be on vacation though. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you. Vacations are great. It's great. To, you know, it's great to go. Great to come home. I get all that. But you know, vacations are nice. No, very much so. Yeah, man. And it's, it's you know the, the time I'm afforded with my wife and kids is something I don't always get. So yeah, that's, that's I hear you. Pleasurable. All right, the yeah. Inflation Increase Act, I call it, Scott, not the Reduction Act, was passed and signed into law this week. And frankly, I again, I don't know what Wall Street's thinking, but I know you probably would agree with me. There isn't anything in this thing that's going to reduce inflation. I'm sorry, it's going to increase it across the board. No, yeah, I mean, the, the last thing we really want right now is to see spending pick up, right? Because that, that's sort of what got us here. Right. It created all this this consumption that wasn't there before and that overwhelmed supply. And, and so we're seeing prices rise. The flip side of this though, um, if you look at the numbers that we, they got to at the end, it was what it was like 790 billion. Yeah. Almost 800 billion. billion. Yeah. So one of the ways you can look at this too, and, and some people at wall street are going to look at this is the Democrats started at 6.5 trillion was their original ask. Right. Now, Nobody ever thought that was the number that was going to get done, right? But, but you, you start with an asking price. It's like buying a house. It, you start somewhere and you end in another place. So now $790 billion I don't think is what they were hoping for, but it's, it's far less than that original price tag. So it doesn't help the inflation outlook because of spending, but it is, it's not as damaging as what we would have seen if they had gotten a lot of the things they originally wanted. True. My fear is some of the things that they're going to be spending this money on are most yep. likely not going to help in regards to inflation. You know, the, the green energy. So, well, let's start with the Medi- Medicare side of the fence. You know, they think they're going to go out and manipulate the drug companies around to somehow reduce 260 some billion dollars out of Medicare. Frankly, Scott, I don't see that being there. In fact, if they're not careful, they dink around too much with the drug companies it's liable to go up, not down. Yeah, and, you know, what is that going to mean for, for the employment picture? And you know, the other thing is one of the reasons we pay what we do pay for, for the drugs we all buy is because of that money goes into R&D for the next drugs, and it right. helps advance a lot of the – or it helps create a lot of the advancements we see in medical research and medical technology. So, yeah, it's a pain, but, but if there are a lot of good things, you know, if we solve cancer because of that – 
That's great. I mean, there's there's a reason why, you know, other countries have socialized health care, and a lot of the people that can afford to come here to get, Do. you know, expensive surgeries and the best health care, they come here for a reason, right. because of our system and how it works. And, and I'm not saying that other companies don't have you know, medical innovation, because I know some do, but by and large, yeah. Scott, the majority of medical innovation, the, the majority of innovation, period, not just medically, but innovation, period, comes from the U.S. Medically, though, I mean, I got to believe that, that we are, I'll, I'll bet most countries have a hard time running a second, you know, a second best to us. I, I mean, I, I would venture to guess we're 10 times over what any other country would think of being when it comes to the medical advancement end of things. Yeah, I, I just I wouldn't think you're far off in that at all. It's uh, yeah, I mean, there's again, there's a reason why foreigners come here to, to take advantage of our medical our healthcare system because it's the best around. Yep. Now, again, if if in fact we don't see a reduction there, well, then that's not doing anything to help you know reduce anything. In fact, all we did was spend a bunch of money and allocate money to. Th- well, th- they're thinking there's going to be a savings there. That's my point. There's not. That that just comes right off the top of that 750. There's no savings because over all in all, the Democrats sold this as oh, in the end, this is only going to cost us about 300 billion dollars because there's going to be enough other savings through you know increased collections from the IRS. We're going to save money on Medicare. Blah blah blah. Really, all we're doing is spending 300 billion dollars on green energy, which again i look at as a complete boondoggle as well that that one definitely will will cause most prices to go up because you're not going to get out of green energy what they're thinking no and and, you know we talked about this in the past too i mean we don't want the government setting prices on things i mean that's our our economy and our system has worked so well because of free enterprise and having a free market system that determines you know what's best and what prices are best And, and this is the the problem with sort of this, the green energy debate versus a fossil fuel debate, you can't push it all one way or the other. You have to let the system that's figure right. it out that's on right. its own. And, then, and that's what will be best for everyone. And, and that isn't what feels like is going on here. No, and it kind of goes to a conversation. I didn't, didn't you know, prep you on this, but a conversation with a caller a moment ago. We got to talking last couple of segments about, you know, the EV world and, of course, you know, Toyota now that was the darling of the environmental movement, they're kind of getting chastised now because they're not moving things quickly ahead on total plug-in vehicles, you know, total EVs like the environmental movement think they should. On the same token, General Motors is going all out, in fact, right on their website, GM.com, our path to an all-electric future. This is the direction they're headed. They want to be there as quickly as they can. In fact, they're pushing for 2030. What I said earlier, Scott, and I don't think I'm wrong, you're on the Wall Street end of things. I'm on the car side, but if they push this thing too quickly, it could be to their own demise. One hundred percent. You know, again, we talked about this in the past too. I, I want to say last summer we were talking about how you know, neither wind uh, nor solar have, have proven how they are reliable baseload power. I mean, what happens to solar panels when they're covered with snow? I'm going to bet you they're not collecting a right. lot of sunlight. That's right. And, so, and, and you got to have a place to store it too, and, and that that isn't sustainable yet. And you know, I know Elon Musk is really pushing the batteries, but these things take a lot of time and a lot of testing. I mean, you know, Germany, who's been on this big rush to shut down all these nuclear and coal power plants, is is reversing on a lot of this, and now they're saying, well, our last three nuclear plants, we're going to delay the shutoff because we're not really sure what's going to happen. I mean, it, it, so just this, all this electrical vehicle demand too. Another thing we've discussed as well is that that power, because wind and solar aren't sustainable based on power right now, that has to be run off of natural gas and coal. And if you kill those industries, mm-hmm. if you kill oil drilling, which natural gas is a byproduct of, you know, you're going to have to see natural gas prices explode by 10 to 20 times higher. And you talk about inflation, that's going to be a real problem. I agree. And, and again, this my fear is... That you know, you take a company like General Motors, where they're going to go all one direction and really kind of force feed it to the customers. And you know, Caller and I were talking about this a moment ago. It's great for a company to have that goal, Scott. But if they don't have a customer base that's willing to invest back into them and spend the money necessary to keep the company afloat, they don't stay afloat. They go under. That's correct. Um, it's it's going 
it's going to be a real big problem. If you don't have revenue coming in the door, you're not going to last. Really. And a lot of these companies, I think, like GM, they're banking on people that own a, you know, the average age of the fleet is between 12 and 13 years of age. They're banking on somebody going out and buying a new, you know, 40 to, depending upon how high up you want to go, 40 to $100,000 EV. That's what they're banking on these folks doing. And, and I hate to tell General Motors and or Ford or, Ford or a lot of these companies that, especially right now, these folks don't have that kind of money to spend. I mean, I, I said this earlier, Scott, and I don't think I'm off on this. This is sort of a, maybe maybe an inside tip for a lot of folks. I wanted to get your opinion. I feel, sure. given where a lot of these car companies are headed, that the used car market is not going anywhere anytime fast. And if anything, their value is going to increase. So if I was going to invest in a public company, uh, I would invest in one of the larger used car companies that are out there, uh, you know, the CarMaxes, whatever, that are out there. Because frankly, I think those guys are going to do very, very well in the, in the, in the you know, foreseeable future. Yeah, you know, it's this is true because it's going to be a lot cheaper to buy. A That's used right. Car well, and if your only if your only choice is to buy a used ICE vehicle or a new EV, and you're dead set on driving an ICE vehicle because that's what your world revolves around, guess what you're going to do? You're not going to buy a new. You're going to go buy a used one. This is correct. I mean, and the other thing too, back to your point there, is that people have a vested interest in making what they have last longer. That's right. That's right. And so, and so I, you know, I, I could be wrong, Scott, but I, I, I think the, you know, as much as some, some of us even in the industry don't like them, you know, the Carvanas, the CarMaxes, you know, some, some of those particular companies that are out there, even some of the big brokerage, you know, quote unquote, brokerage firms that are brokering used cars across the country, the Vrooms and yeah. so on. I think those are places to put your money because I don't see them going away. Excuse me. That, that's very fair. I mean, now the, the flip side of this, if you do think, uh, there's sustainability in the electrical vehicle trend, in the electric vehicle trend, and it, it is going to grow. You know, another set of companies I would look to invest in is gas price. Um, one company I would look to in particular is EQT Corporation, because it's not going to grow without these guys doing more business. True. True. And so the, the more gas they find and they sell, and like I said, if, True. You, if you kill oil drilling and gas prices have to go way up, these guys are going to see, you know, uh, just the EMP companies are going to see much more profitability. I, I cannot disagree with that. Uh, all right. One last thing, and because, again, we've kind of been all over the map here, but I appreciate your time. It's always, always, always good stuff. Uh, why is the market doing so well, even, you know, given we, we've got some really crappy results coming across, you know, a lot of different areas, yet the market's still doing well. Why? Yeah, basically, it, it's pessimism amongst uh, investors, hedge fund managers in particular. Just got so bad about the economy and earnings that we're now seeing these numbers that just they're not as dire as what people thought they were going to be. Okay. Now that does, doesn't mean it can't change, but sort of their, their positioning wasn't for a rally. A lot of these guys are short um, right now. The, the short interest outstanding by hedge funds on the S and P 500 index is close to the levels we saw in the you know, COVID-19 collapse in 2020. And our economy, it, while it is slowing down, it's not as bad as the 32% GDP collapse we saw in the second quarter of that year. So a lot of these guys that are short the market or not exposed have to get back in. Hmm. And as that process happens, they've, they've got to buy stocks. And that's, that's what's pushing the market higher. So it's almost, I mean, almost a false indicator. You don't, you don't want to rely on just that saying, yeah, the stock market's doing great. It's doing great because of what you just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, you know, and there's, there's an old saying that the stock market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. And that's mm. usually meant to mean the stock market can go down a lot longer than you can hang on to your stocks. But in this case, it's playing out the other way. Makes total sense. All right. How do folks find you, Scott? I know you got a lot of tips and things that help, especially folks that look at this on a daily basis and even do some trading and so on. How do you help them? Yeah, sure. Uh, Stansberryinvestor.com. Um, you can come check out all of our free stuff. You can check out our paid stuff. We're going to help a little bit. Scott, as always, I appreciate it. Great insight. And as I always say, we'll just keep watching it week to week and see what happens. But so far, you know, no, no offense, so far you and I haven't been too far off on anything. Uh, I would agree with you there. So, good stuff. Appreciate you, Scott, very much. 
John. Thanks for your time. All right, man. Take care. Appreciate it very much. Affordable interest mortgages next. Again, Kurt's going to join me tomorrow. We're going to talk about housing and the markets and mortgages and all of that. If you've got a question, by the way, you'd like me to ask Kurt ahead of time, you can also email or text that to me. Go to the website, rushtoreason.com to find both, or the text line is 720-895-0500. You can call Kurt directly. His number, 720-895-0500. Sorry, the text line, 307 200 I mean, I'm missing it today, Charlie. 8222. Thank you, Charlie. 8222. Guys, take care. Uh, Affordable Butchers Mortgage is next. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a 740 or you're financing a condo versus a single family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees? Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home, or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate, but not reading the small print, only to realize all the extra costs and fees? Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra cost. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. Serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298-191. Regulated by DORA. All right, folks, and if you're not a day trader and you do things long-term and you're looking at where do I go, what do I do, what do I invest in, and all of that, that's where Al Smith comes into play. He is our financial advisor, 303-744-1128 or klzradio.com. A trustworthy advisor who is well-equipped to manage your assets before and after your retirement is essential in ensuring the longevity of your nest egg. Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial has a fiduciary duty to act in your best interests so he cannot allow his own motives to interfere with the satisfactory fulfillment of that duty. Al knows the stress of planning for retirement and the worry that comes along with the proper allocation of your wealth. Giving you affirmation is one of his top priorities when working with something as valuable as assets that in most cases took a lifetime to accumulate. So when you place a portion of your assets under management with Al Smith, you'll know your money is positioned well. Al Smith makes you feel safeguarded from potential situations that could affect your financial health regardless of your retirement status. Make an appointment with Al Smith now. Visit klzradio.com slash money or call Al Smith at 303-744-1128. That's 303-744-1128. Folks, we keep talking about it, but uh, yes, it's going to cost more this winter to heat your home. So you might as well make it as efficient as you can. Keep the heat in or the cold in and the heat out or the cold out. Either way, you want good windows and doors to do that, and veteran windows and doors can help you with that. Have Dave out. Have him give you an estimate on what you need done, and he'll take care of the rest. 303-529-0720. When you first heard about veteran windows and doors, you were excited about their company culture. Finally, a company that treats you like a real person, that doesn't employ pushy sales reps or the use of high-pressure sales tactics. You've worked with the big national companies that focus on making the most sales and getting their products installed as quickly as possible. And you knew, after just one experience, that Veteran Windows and Doors isn't concerned with being the most profitable window and door company. Everything they did came back to their sincere intention to add value, comfort, and energy efficiency to your home through products and installation that they stand behind. Don't pay twice as much with a national brand, only to get a limited warranty. Pay an honest price and know your investment is covered for as long as you live in the home. Contact Veteran Windows and Doors at klzradio.com slash windows today or call 303-529-0720. That's 303 529 This is Josh with Business Equipment Service. Here's a message from one of our satisfied customers. Susan at Premier Manufacturing says, In the two plus years I've been with Premier Manufacturing, my interaction with BES has been nothing but positive. When we have a service issue, they do their best to have someone sent out that same day, and the service people have always been friendly, efficient, and professional. If you are looking into purchasing office equipment or have a problem with equipment you currently have, Give us a call at 303-825-5664.
As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, last segment of today. And again, if you ever miss anything, and if you miss the first hour, you cannot listen to it next because the National Crawford Roundtable will be on. But you can always go to the website, rushtoreason.com, go to the show notes section, click there, and you can find whatever you need right there because producer Ann does a great job of lining all of that out. I don't normally agree with cities you know, meddling in different things and so on. I kind of feel like there's already too much government. But in this case, I will give Aurora kudos. And we're right on the edge of it here where we are. We're Aurora, Denver, literally right where we're at. And yes, there's quite a bit of panhandling around our area here by the station. I know it's all over town, but we have a lot here. There's a resolution to initiate a campaign to encourage the public not to give to panhandlers. Wow, where have you guys heard that before? Here. I've said it a gazillion times. If we don't want them around any longer and we want to curb homelessness, stop giving them money. This isn't that complicated of an equation. This is a two plus two thing. It's even, it's even easier. It's a one plus one. Stop giving them money. What Aurora is going to do is come up with ways in an, in an initiative to actually put up signage, billboards, ad campaigns, and so on to encourage people, instead of giving money to the panhandler, give it to organizations that help the homeless. Then what you're doing is truly helping those that have a need and not just helping the guy on the corner that might be scamming you. There was another picture today I saw. I can't remember what city is in. There is a violinist. Who plays the violin on a corner? Claims to be homeless. Blah, blah, blah. It's a scam. He's not homeless. He's just taking in, he's making money off of somebody that's thinking that he's homeless and they're going to toss some money into the violin case. Tax free money he's making. Thank you, Charlie. Yes, it's all tax free. And keep this in mind, folks. Those of you that work for a living, which the majority of you listening to me do, depending upon your tax bracket, when you make $125, probably more like $130, he, he's got the same money at, at the $100 bill. In other words, he doesn't pay that 30% royalty to the government like you do. He, he's netting the 100 bucks, or she, or whoever it is. And, and you guys all know me. I, I, I'm all for helping those that are down and out, but there's other ways that's done. There's nonprofits there's organizations, church organizations, and so on that will help the homeless. We've got them in our own town here. We've had them for years. The rescue mission, downtown Denver. Charlie, how long has that thing been there? I remember going down there and serving when I was a little kid. It's been there forever. And it has helped the homeless for eons. And it's still there. It still does it at Thanksgiving. They take turkey donations and they give them out to families that can't have Thanksgiving. Yeah, thousands of turkeys, Charlie just reminded me of. So we've got organizations in town that help with this. You don't have to. If you want to help them, give to the rescue mission. Give to organizations like that and stop handing folks on the corner money. Because at the end of the day, they're just scamming you anyways. Most of these people, yeah, I know there's a few folks out there that are probably legit, but by and large, they are not. They're scamming you. So enough said. That's an initiative by Aurora. We'll see where that goes. I'll report back on it the more I learn. In the meantime, folks, again, National Crawford Roundtable is coming up next. I will, of course, be back tomorrow. The 3 o'clock hour will be with Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House. If you have a question regarding monkeypox, COVID, anything health-related along those lines, please send me a message, and I'll get that answered. 307-200-8222. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow, though. Be safe. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.